Welcome to the Marriage Success Podcast with Dr. David Stevens. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight biblical principles for building healthy marriage and family relationships. Dr. Stevens is an author, seminar leader, and relationship coach to married couples and singles in the dating game. To learn more about Dr. Stevens, please visit marriagesuccess.org. But now, let's join Dr. Stevens for today's edition of the Marriage Success Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, David Stevens. In today's podcast, I will continue my pre-recorded interview with Pastor Gerald Stallworth. He's pastor of Selma Community Bible Church in historic Selma, Alabama. We'll continue that interview after this important announcement. Hello, this is Dr. David Stevens with your marriage success moment for today. Honest communication. Effective communication cannot exist if true feelings and concerns are not expressed in an honest and truthful manner. And this is your marriage success moment for today. This message was brought to you by marriagesuccess.org. You're listening to the Marriage Success Podcast with author and seminar leader, Dr. David Stevens. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's podcast, I will be airing part two of my telephone interview with Pastor Gerald Stallworth. He's pastor of Selma Community Church in historic Selma, Alabama. We'll be discussing the Bible-based counsel he offers married couples and single adults in the Selma area. By the way, we experienced a few audio glitches during the interview, but I thought the information was so critical that I decided to release the interview anyway. So here it is, my interview with Pastor Gerald Stallworth. Let's switch gears here now. Are there any suggestions that you would have for folks who meet someone else and steps they should take or things they should consider to keep their past failures and hurts in a previous relationship from hindering the progress they can have with a new love? I wouldn't dare tell anyone who, hey, he or she told me a lie. Oh, that's it. Walk away. Because uh, I don't know how strong you are. I don't know how forgiving you are. Because we all make mistakes. And I would hate to to know that if I made one or two mistakes, that that would have jeopardized uh, the future I had with my wife and my family. But does that mean I have to, I can go out here and carelessly do what I want and then say, you're you a Christian, you're supposed to forgive us. No, see, that's abuse. Uh. You know, you don't abuse or take advantage of somebody and then hang Christianity over their head like you're supposed to forgive me. Well, if, if you know so much, so much about what a Christian should do, then you wouldn't have done what you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holding them accountable to the same measure they yeah, try to place yeah. on you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, and, and, you know, you don't do what I want because I'm a man. I do what I want because I make more money. I do what I want uh, uh, because, and then you've got to forgive me. You know, the Bible says... 70 times seven, all they got all the scriptures in the world <laughs> to make you feel bad. 
<laughs> but they don't have one ounce of conviction on how they keep mistreating you. To go back to 1 Corinthians 13, what does love not do? Love, love suffers long and is kind. Yeah. And matter of fact, I talked with someone here recently and they were giving me the <laughs> list of the things this person was doing. And I, all I did, I saw all that they said, I saw I said, is that 1 Corinthians 13? And they said, no. I said, well, then you got your answer. <laughs> and yeah. They are in the dating process. And trying, I don't know if this is the right one. When they gave me that list, that conversation ended when I said, <laughs> when I said that. So we probably need to leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. This is probably one of the biggest questions that single folks have. How will I know when I have met the right person? Same verses out of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. Nobody's perfect, but in the dating process, you have someone who consistently does not meet these requirements. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant, does not act unbecoming, does not seek his own, does not provoke, does not take into account of wrong suffering. So here you are. Is this the one? Relationships go beyond that physical attraction. Yeah. You, you got to deal with the character of a person. You got to deal with the integrity of a person's heart. Yeah, good point. And they could they they could be Mister America, Miss America, and they can have all that. And and we know from TV, we've seen some would see some attractive women that movie stars, and they were had some nasty attitudes. Yeah, some attractive men that and had money that could choke a mule with, so to speak, but nasty attitudes. You mean to tell me? You're going to let First Corinthians 13 not come into play and all you're going to look at is the outside and what they got in their pocket or in their account. Yeah, they, they got the physical attraction. They got the bank account. But how are they going to treat your children? Mm, wow. Wow. Uh, can, can you trust them with your four or five-year-old? Mm. If they had to discipline that child, would they discipline that child out of love or out of anger because they are not their biological child? Now, Jerry, you're reaching over there in some areas where it get real controversial at now. Absolutely. <laughs> but those are things people in the dating process need to talk about before they even get halfway to talking about saying, I do. Because yeah. you're bringing someone else into your life that's going to have either a positive or a negative influence. And we live in a world today where it's just a lot of uh, perverted activity out there. And it is imperative. Do your diligence in trying to make sure you are comfortable enough with this other person. There's one thing when it's just you having to interact with a person, but now you got children that cannot take care of themselves, that can't speak for themselves, that you're supposed to be teaching and training, and you're bringing them in their lives, and you don't know whether this person is a rapist, a molester, an abuser, or no, you need to know those things. Yeah. yeah. And again, you don't just take them at 
their words. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If I'm in the process of getting a, a divorce, can I start dating or do I have to wait until the divorce is final? One of the biggest things in relationship is maintaining respect for yourself. And even if, even though this was not a part of the question, even if your spouse has cheated on you and you have a biblical reason to get a divorce, well, now you still got to remain faithful. You got to remain faithful before you move into that next relationship. And I think even the courts go so far as saying, hey, you cannot get married uh, within, you know, six months after the divorce. So, and, and honestly, if you're in the process of getting a divorce, and especially if it has been a bitter marriage, you need to be healed first. Yeah, I can see that. So no, you, you, should, you should not be, well, when can I get into it? Really? Worried <laughs> about when to go into another one that you've been uh, saying that you just can't take it no more? But see, you don't want to go into a relationship because you feel like you can't survive without a man or without a woman or without their finances. That's why you need to be stable. When you look at Ruth, even when her husband died and there was poverty there, Ruth was diligently just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get another man, not the other lady, uh, the other husband's wife. She went back to her home. Ruth said, "No, I'm, I'm trying to survive. I need to. I'm gonna take care, take care of my mother-in-law." And because of her diligence, a beautiful woman. But because of her diligence and her faithfulness, now guys, okay, look, I got somebody for you. Mm-hmm. She was she was not aggressively looking, but he found her. Mm. Watch out. <laughs> because, because of the character content. I think sometimes women do not realize that many men who are going places, men who have vision, men who are productive, they are attracted to women who are productive, who have vision, who are doing things. The woman who is looking for a man to just rescue her from her situation and she's not willing to work on herself, she's not as appealing as a as a marriage candidate as she may think in most situations because a man who is doing things, a man who will probably be a good candidate to minister to her the right way, he's probably busy. And he's looking for someone who will be busy as well, who can join his team, who he can help help her feel fulfill her vision. And he's not going to be available to just do nothing and just socialize when he should be working on his vision. So when you talk about a woman being busy, she's uh, handling her affairs wisely. Yeah, she will attract the attention of good men. Because they like to see that kind of behavior that they have already embraced mirrored in the life of a woman that they want to connect with. I think that's a valid point you make. And I think people need to be, even though I know some people say it jokingly, they need to be mindful about advertising themselves that I'm looking for a man to take care of me or I'm looking for a woman to take care of me because that word gets out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to close a lot of doors. Now, the closing question I have for you is this. If a person is in a marriage where one person is willing to fight for it and the other person is not, do you think they should let it go 
or should they continue to try and reach for reconciliation? Again, it's going to be based on that particular person. And I won't try to read all these scriptures, but go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And it gives a list of different do's and don'ts about how to handle different situations. If that husband or wife wants their marriage to work and they have and are seeking God to give them the strength to forgive the person for whatever it is they may have done, you need to keep on praying. Now, the person who has done the wrong or that unbeliever, if they are sick and tired of that, eventually they're going to leave. If that relationship is abusive or more so, especially if it's physically abusive, you need to remove yourself immediately from harm's way. That doesn't mean that you get a divorce. It just means you go to a place of safety Mm. and you can pray from that place of safety. And while you're praying that place of safety, now let God continue to be who he is and let God reveal unto you what decisions you need to make. Mm. And if that person, if God touches that person's heart and they humble themselves, they'll find you. (laughs) They'll repent. You know, one of the things I've recognized over the years is that people are just not willing to make those tough choices. That's a tough decision that you just referred to. Oh, it it is. That's why, again, it's not a simple answer. That's why it has to be personal. I try not to tell anybody, yeah, you got to, oh, he cheated, or you can get a divorce. I don't know how much uh, forgiveness God has got. I don't know how strong you are. I don't know how much you love that person. So it's not my place. But as long as, you know, the Bible, in the book of Hosea, it gives a perfect illustration of God taking back unfaithful people. So who am I to say one time, two times, three times? Because God takes us back over and over and over again. Yeah, one of the things I've said to people over the years is that if it has come to this physical abuse and violence and so forth, uh, remove yourself from that predicament. And if the person is not willing to get the help that they need, uh, you already have your answer because they're not yeah. willing to repent because repent means to change, change direction. Absolutely. So if that person Absolutely. is not willing to get the help that they need for their healing. The decision has already been made. And even with that, if they come back and say, hey, I'm sorry, which, you know, saying I'm sorry, those are some of the simplest words. Set up some guy. Okay, you say you're sorry. All right, we're going to set up marital counseling. You means. say you're sorry, we're going to go and we're going to have some work with a support group, but we're going to do this. Here's, we're going to do A, B, C, and D. Now, if they are sorry, they're going to fit in. They're going to line up. Yeah. yeah. You say, I need help. You say, my drinking is what's causing me to treat you bad. Hey, I'm going to AA. Yeah. Hey, you saying this, they are going to do what needs to be done, but when they say they're sorry, and then you say, this is, these are some steps we need to take to protect our marriage. Now, I don't need all that now. I don't don't need all that. And I said I was sorry. Okay. Now, can't you? Oh, but no, Caesar, what you're doing, you're looking out for yourself then. And you know what you need to see. I don't want to hear the words. I need to see actions. Yeah. Well, Pastor Gerald Stallworth, I've enjoyed our conversation and I know um, we'll do it again sometime. But before we go, Why don't you tell the listeners a little about your church and where it's located? Well, Selwood Community Bible Church, we are stick with the simplicity of God's word. It's not not complicated, but dealing with uh, everyday life issues. 
it seems like you're telling me that uh, one of the things you try to emphasize is simplicity of the word, giving practical solutions founded in scripture. Do you run across a lot of couples who come to you with questions about relationships since they know that you are, are one of those pastors who will talk to them and give them what the word says about certain things? A lot of the people that I talk to are actually members of other churches, but somewhere along the line, they have either heard about me or they know me. And when pushed on the show, they know that they can call me. Where is Selma Community Church located? Highway 14 East, mile marker 119. That's about two miles east of the Walmart Supercenter in Selma. Get on the main highway in front of Walmart and keep going east. We're about two miles and we sit right there on the right. Thank you, Pastor Stallworth. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you would like to hear Dr. David Stevens in person, he conducts seminars and does keynote speaking for special events. Dr. Stevens is currently offering a free seminar to churches in the metro area of Birmingham, Alabama. This free seminar can be tailored to address the needs of couples, singles, and manhood mentoring events. To book a free seminar at your church, please visit marriagesuccess.org for more information. When you visit the website, you can purchase books by Dr. Stevens, which include Master Keys to Marriage Success, Manhood Challenge, and Dating Game Pitfalls. To book a free seminar or to purchase ebooks and paperbacks by Dr. Stevens, please visit marriagesuccess.org. You can also reach Dr. Stevens by email at dstevens at marriagesuccess.org. Thanks again for joining us on today's podcast. And remember, love can last a lifetime.